and welcome to The Insatiable Appetite. I'm Robertson Allen, Senior Consultant at Hartman, and I'm joined today by Judy Harris, a Market Research Director and our Director of Syndicated Research. Rob, thanks for having me. Uh, So Judy, in May, we first talked about our sustainability study, and I'm happy to say that the Sustainability 2023 Making Things Personal, uh, our study is now available. And we've been building up to this release uh, of this report and the importance, talking about the importance of sustainability in the marketplace with a few episodes of The Insatiable Appetite, one with our CEO, Lori DeMeritt, talking about marketing with um, and sustainability with um, both Shelley Belanco in August and another most recently with Haley Anthony. Um, so today, Judy, let's focus on the nitty gritty details of the report and what clients will get from the the study. Great. Let's start by reiterating what Lori had said in August, and that sustainability is not a fad. There's a growing number of people who are familiar with the term sustainability, and in fact, compared to 2007, familiarity with the term sustainability has climbed a whopping 33 points, resulting in 88% of consumers being familiar with the term. Back in 2007, when we started this, we talked about sustainability being more of an industry term. So obviously things have really changed there. However, what is again really interesting to me is that there are so many nuances to the term from the environment to social responsibility, um, to climate change. But the closest we actually see with agreement among consumers is that over half say reduce, reuse, recycle waste as what sustainability means to them. Yeah, and while uh, reduce, reuse, recycle has always been a top descriptor for sustainability with consumers, it was never the number one definition. And now it is. Uh, This definition surpasses others like conserving resources or the ability to last over time. Uh, those two terms are all have always been at the top uh, as in terms of consumer meanings of sustainability until now. Uh, but conserving natural resources is still a term used by over half of those most involved in the world of sustainability. Um, and the world of sustainability is Hartman Group segmentation model uh, for consumers engagement that measures consumers engagement with sustainability. Um, Now, the ability to change over time is more of this kind of classic definition for sustainability um, and is used by more of those who are less involved in the world of sustainability, what we call the periphery. Uh, So the report uses this world of sustainability model um, and also age cohorts to drive dive into Uh, not only the language that consumers use to describe sustainability, but also their views on what is important to them right now. And the report dives into a number of topics around sustainability, including who consumers see is most responsible for making the world more sustainable. So this is a question that we haven't asked the entire tracking of our study, but we've asked since 2013 and have seen a consistent shift away from individuals having the most responsibility to the government having the most responsibility. Mm. And currently, over a quarter of respondents see large companies or individuals as most responsible. The government, um, a higher percent, rank government number one. 
However, while people in all generations are actually contributing to the shift from government from individual responsibility to government responsibility, it's really coming from the younger generation. And just over half of Gen Z consumers rank the government first as being most resp responsible for making the word world more sustainability. And this compares to just about a third of millennials and Gen X. And of course, what I'm mentioning here is overall, uh, there are differences when you look at specific areas of concern because we ranked, um, picked a number of attributes or excuse me, a number, number of concerns and asked who people thought were most responsible for each of them. Mm -hmm. Right, and this is where things get interesting for me, uh, especially. Um, so overall consumers place responsibility on the government like we were just saying, but that's mostly for big societal issues like climate change, the economy, things like hunger and poverty. Um, but when we look at things like labor practices and pollution, both the government and large companies hold the most responsibility. And packaging is one important area where consumers believe that large companies hold the greatest responsibility. Uh, but it's important also to note there are areas where consumers feel like they have the most responsibility for making a change. Uh, things like cutting down food waste or supporting their local community. Um, so the report takes a glimpse at why some of these views might have changed and shifted away from uh, consumers saying that individuals are most responsible. Um, for example, during our interviews, uh, multiple, people, multiple people mentioned public service announcements, the PSAs with uh, these uh, figures like Woodsy Owl, Give a Hoot, Don't Pollute, uh, Smoky Bear, uh, these messages have raised awareness uh, for older generations about sustainability, but they're still, in a way, putting the onus of responsibility onto the consumer. Um, and now pe people have mixed feelings about that, um, mixed feelings about those kinds of messages that uh, do put that onus of responsibility onto consumers, especially if they see uh, governments and companies not taking action themselves. Yeah, messaging gets really tricky. While consumers think the government holds the most responsibility, they actually don't really trust the government to give accurate information about environmental and social issues. Of course, they don't necessarily trust large companies either and would like to see companies who are moving ahead with sustainability move a little bit more quickly in their actions. However, mm -hmm. some of their skepticism, um, consumer skepticism shouldn't stop companies from moving ahead with sustainability. Consumers watch companies as they move along the sustainability journeys, and while companies don't have to be perfect today, consumers do expect them to make progress and be transparent and let them know what they're doing. Promoting actions that are inherently part of a company's production narrative or most relevant to their products actually helps build the trust in these actions and mitigate some of the consumer's concerns around things such as greenwashing. Yeah. Um and greenwashing is an interesting topic. We touch on that at multiple points in the study. Um, interesting to find that not all consumers know the term, but most seem to know the concept it's describing. Uh, but let's move on to other topics covered in the report. Um, I know that both regenerative farming and animal welfare are two topics that our retainer services clients have asked about as important areas for us to cover. Um, and both are covered in the report. Uh, so for uh, regenerative agriculture, we look at 
the importance of uh, different components of the practice itself, uh, things like soil health. Um, and in terms of animal welfare, we look at the role it plays in purchasing, as well as uh, consumers' concern around things like methane emissions, which is a relatively new topic for consumers to explore. Um, and we look at things like uh, concerns in the seafood industry um, and certain kinds of aspirational behaviors. Uh, folks wanting con to consume less dairy and meat, for example. Um, and it's not surprising to find that Gen Z leads the way in that desire to consume less dairy and both Gen Z and millennials for eating less meat. The part that I personally get excited about about the report is the packaging packaging chapter. Yeah. <laughs> packaging is relevant to so many of our listeners, and packaging actually acts as a cue at shelf that consumers use to determine whether a product is sustainable or not. Overpackaging is a concern for many, but really when it boils down to it, is that consumers want packaging to be recyclable. Using packaging that is recyclable or made of recyclable products is seen as a win-win among consumers. And consumers see products that are overpackaged or contain a lot of plastic or styrofoam, they start to get frustrated. They feel when they purchase items that are either that either use recycled packaging or are in packaging that can be recycled, um, they feel better about what they're doing. Unfortunately, we know that recycling alone isn't going to move the needle on health and climate change, but um, most consumers want to try. And, and recycling is something where they feel empowered. Mm -hmm. different, municipa different municipalities, I'm going to stumble on that word, um, have different capabilities for recycling and addressing packaging and recycling, again, like I just said, really helps consumers feel empowered because that's what they, I think they want. They want to mm -hmm. make a difference. Yeah, yeah. It's not that they're um, placing all the responsibility onto governments and companies. They just want to be empowered to to be able to do the right thing, right? Absolutely. Um, and as we mentioned earlier, consumers are holding large companies responsible for addressing specifically issues with packaging. Um, and while it's important for packaging to protect products, um, they don't like to get things in, in online shipments, especially where they get these large boxes with small items, for example, or they uh, get a bunch of styrofoam packing peanuts that they don't know what to do with. It's not easy to dispose of uh, sustainably. Um, mm -hmm. Or when they're shopping in grocery stores, when they see products that tout certain sustainability credentials, you know, for example, things like free range eggs uh, that still are coming in uh, unsustainable packaging, uh, they're using plastic or mm -hmm. styrofoam. Yep. Um, but let's move on to the next topic of the report, uh, which is uh, consumers purchasing priorities in sustainability. Um, and in this section, we look at how frequently consumers purchase sustainable products, and why they buy or don't buy sustainable products, and what types of claims and certifications they're looking for. Um, and there are a couple of important takeaways here. Uh, first is that it's not surprising, cost remains a barrier to purchasing sustainable products. Um, and this is especially true in this time of inflation. And it doesn't mean that consumers won't buy products with different types of sustainable claims or labeling. Um, 
though it, it brings us to another important key takeaway i think that consumers are willing to pay more for certain certifications but with inflation we see more of a prioritization um on what they're buying absolutely consumers definitely prioritize um where sustainability can fit into their product life mm -hmm. our final chapter then dives into considerations for CPG retailers and restaurants. And we focus on four categories here besides, or four CPG categories, personal care, household cleaners, paper goods, and pet food. And in this area, we look at where sustainability fits in for purchase criteria. What we've learned is that efficacy is actually most important, um, but people want products that are free of toxins and preferably all natural. When choosing where to buy, whether it be online or in person, sustainability unfortunately plays a lesser role. However, some consumers um, did tell us when they look at what stores or restaurants even to purchase from, mostly stores, they know that some stores have vetted products for them. And so they find them helpful and they feel so they don't have to think about sustainability while they're at the shelf because the, the store's already done the work for them. Right. Yeah. Um, I think it's important to also mention that throughout the report, we're discussing different kinds of social aspects of sustainability. Um, at the end, we end with uh, some specific recommendations for manufacturers and retailers. Um, and just as a closing here, um, just want everybody to know that there will be a free webinar that goes uh, through all of these findings and additional findings we haven't discussed today. Uh, that's happening on Wednesday, October 25th. Uh, you can sign up for the webinar on our events page um, of our Hartman Group website. That's hartman group.com or our LinkedIn events page. Great. Thanks, Rob. And then I guess that's it for this edition of the Insatiable Appetite. Thanks all for tuning in. And make sure you're subscribed on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss these snackable insights. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.